Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for speaking to us through the words of the Bible. So as we open this book now, as we look at uh, Hebrews chapter 12, help us please to understand what we are reading and help us to put it into practice. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, there are many thousands of people puffing, sweating, and plodding onward as they try to complete 26.2 miles. I'm sure we all know it's the London Marathon, and uh, people are either running the actual course, or some people are actually running a virtual course. And I've got uh, two people from my work running, who probably won't be known to you, but there is a man called Tom, who I'm looking at now, who's also going to be doing the virtual race in a few hours' time. All these people hope is to complete the race, but to do so, they need to keep focused for however many hours it will take them to cover 26.2 miles, and most of them will need to endure a degree of pain on the way until they reach that glorious finishing line. Some of us struggle to physically run these days. Some of you may have uh, never had that urge to endure the loneliness of being a long-distance runner. But all of God's people, all of God's people, all those who seek to follow the Lord Jesus, we are involved in a race. It's the Christian race. And as we run that race, Hebrews 12 urges us to do so with perseverance, encourages us to keep focused. We're told to fix our eyes on Jesus as we run. Why? Because Jesus has finished that race. He now sits down at the right hand of God's throne. And as we go through the Christian race, there will of course be times of pain and suffering before we reach that glorious finishing line and come into the city of the living God. Well today, I really want to encourage you as you run to not grow weary or to lose heart. That's certainly what Hebrews 12 speaks of. It wants for all God's people to focus as we strive forward and to have our eyes set upon the finishing line. Now physically, you may have reached that time in life when all you can do is walk, but spiritually, all of God's people are running, running a race until we reach its end. Now some, you may be close to the finishing stages. For others, it might have only just started, but wherever we are, we simply need to run. Now, when you enter these, these organized races, there's often spectators there who are cheering and clapping, shouting encouragement, and especially congratulations when you do actually get over that finishing line. Well, verse 1 of chapter 12 speaks about a great cloud of witnesses all around us as we run the Christian race. This crowd are, like, like Jesus himself, those who have gone before us, who have finished that race, and now they cheer us along as they encourage us 
to keep on going to the end. Well, for the next few minutes, I'm going to suggest there's just three uh, points today to really um, focus our minds as we go through Hebrews 12. First, keep going. Second, take the pain. And thirdly, see the gain. Let's keep going, take the pain, see the gain. Now, for some of you who uh, are alert and have been with us for the past few weeks, you may have noticed we've just skipped over chapter 11. Uh, but do not fear. We are not going to neglect such a wonderful chapter full of examples of uh, the faith of many characters in the Old Testament, but it was always thought best to, to look at that chapter, look at those examples during Advent. And so we will return in December to that great list of people in chapter 11, people who are commended for their faith, a faith that kept them going through all the trials and temptations they faced in their lives. How do you run? When I used to be able to go out jogging, before my uh, knee operation a few years ago, I always looked out for other runners. And I still do, as I now have to just walk to, to work perhaps these days. Now, first of all, I would observe that there are, there's probably more women pounding the streets of Sidcup than men. And secondly, there are many who certainly are going to have problems at some stage in their life because they don't have proper running shoes. There are also a variety of running styles. I often see people um, running like the nodding donkey, a little bit like Paula Radcliffe. She sort of run like this all the time, didn't she? Um, or there's other people who have very head up and don't use their arms at all as they run. Very strange, very, very strange styles. And one year, Helen and I went to watch the London Marathon. And of course, many people will run that race dressed up as they run for charity. And we stood somewhere near uh, the embankment station near the end, and you could see many painful expressions at that time because they were about two miles away from the finishing line. And many people were in need of water. Some were suffering cramp, perhaps, and other aches and pains. But what matters is not the style. What matters is not, it doesn't matter what you wear. It simply matters that you keep going, that they endured, they ran with perseverance. So what must we do to uh, run the Christian race with efficiency, with success? How do we keep going? Well, the verses speak, don't they, at the beginning of chapter 12, of perhaps ridding ourselves of everything that hinders. Throw away any heavy weights that are slowing us down. Athletes sometimes train carrying heavy packs on their backs so that uh, they build up strength and energy. And they do this that when the actual race starts, they will run faster and better without that extra weight on them. Well, far too many Christians try to run the Christian race in fancy dress, perhaps, of some kind, which constricts movement with heavy burdens and uh, concerns. Perhaps they're, they're weighed down with guilt of past actions. Perhaps they're trying to run simply in their own strength. And then there's the danger of sin that so easily entangles. The writer seems here to have in mind the danger uh, an athlete may face if the track isn't completely clear. If someone puts perhaps a, a bench in the way or some huge stone across the path of the runners. In a horse race, 
horses often wear blinkers, don't they? So they can only see ahead and won't be distracted by things either side. Horses need to see the finishing line and just concentrate on the way they're going to not be put off by things either side. And in a way, we need also to have spiritual blinkers to help us go in a straight line, to avoid those many distractions along the way, distractions which the devil himself puts in our way, trying his best to trip us up, to make us give up and retire. We need to use perhaps things like the full armour of God to help us as we run that Christian life. Well, the second point really is that this race is a, is a long haul. It requires this patience, this endurance. The word here is perseverance, which means to run with dedication, diligence, stamina. And during um, athletics, uh, commentators often speak of the stamina, the stamina of the, athletic, of, the, of the athlete, the ability to withstand fatigue and hardships. And there are also many times when runners don't pace themselves. They don't realize that actually it is a long race for many. It is a, it is a marathon. Perhaps they start off too fast, but they run out of steam after time. In Hebrews chapter 2, there was a warning of the dangers of drifting away. It's not that you wake up one morning and suddenly say, do you know what? I don't believe in God anymore. It's the, it's the slow, slow drift away which gets many but in chapter 10, there's the encouragement, isn't there, to keep on meeting, to spur on one another, to encourage one another, all the more as the day approaches, the day when Jesus returns and takes us to heaven, the day when our race has run its course. We need to patiently run, don't we? Patiently run the next mile, the next mile, the next mile, the next mile, all those years until suddenly we get to the finishing line. Well, how's your stamina? Brothers and sisters, this morning, keep going, keep going. Let's endure, let's persevere to the end. And doing so, we need to take the pain. We fix our eyes on Jesus, who has already run the race, who has experienced the pain and suffering, but he kept going. In fact, he drew up the race course, of course, as he is the author and perfecter of our faith. Our task is simply to follow in his footsteps. Jesus endured the cross, which was a shameful and painful way to die. You know, we may consider our lives hard, but by comparison, most of us have had an easy time of it. Jesus kept focused. He kept his eye on the joy that was waiting for him, the joy of doing his Father's will, bringing his saving purpose to fulfillment. Jesus put up with the torture of crucifixion, a degrading and disgusting death. Well, during our Christian life, there are many times when we may face persecution. Certainly, churches around the world are facing persecution very, very badly, aren't they, at the moment? We could be facing intimidation. We're facing mockery. The road is rough and steep. And we must endure hardship, according to verse 7, realizing that actually it is God disciplining us, training us to keep going. God uses these times for our good, according to verse 10. Along the way, as per verse 11, there will indeed be times 
of painful discipline. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. What a promise there is of a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have gone through this discipline. Well, brothers and sisters, we must not despise the discipline of God. We do need to take the pain. It is for our own good. We realise that God wants to strengthen our feeble arms and our weak knees. He has no desire for us to fall short. Along the way, there is discipline to endure. There's also many dangers along the way. There's a, there's a warning at the beginning uh, of verse 14 and things of uh, discord among uh, believers for allowing perhaps they, they, this phrase a bitter root to grow amongst our fellow brothers and sisters. And many churches have indeed fallen into all kinds of trouble when they've had infighting and things. There's also the example there of Esau, who in verse 16, through just tiredness and hunger, he gave up his birthright. Well, we need to stay focused, to keep going, to take the pain. And then thirdly, let's, let's encourage one another by seeing the end goal. Let's see the gain that awaits us. And in verses 18 to 24, we've, we've got a picture here of two mountains. You know, throughout Hebrews, we've been told not to run back to the ways of the old covenant, but to run to Jesus. And verses 18 to 21 speak of Mount Sinai, where Moses received the Ten Commandments. And at that time, God was, of course, seen as utterly holy. And in a sense, God was distant. In the law which followed, God's people were instructed how to live in relationship to God and to one another. God's people needed animal sacrifices to allow his people to draw near to God. But because of Jesus, we've not come to that mountain where a sense of fear and uh, terror was felt in the presence of God. Look at verses 22 to 24. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, to the spirits of righteous men made perfect, to Jesus the mediator of, the new, of a new covenant and to, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Mount Zion is the gain at the end of that race, the hill in Jerusalem which points to the new Jerusalem where God dwells, where we come to God through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. We come there with confidence. All God's people whose names are written in the book of life. Those who follow Jesus have their place reserved. Our title deeds are already there. And so the closing words of, verse, of chapter 12 are almost obvious. Do not refuse him who speaks. Pay attention to Jesus 
as we go along that race. Pay attention to the voice from this city and therefore receive your spot in the kingdom, which cannot be shaken. It is firm and secure. No earthquake can destroy this kingdom. Well, brothers and sisters, let us keep going. Let us take the pain along the way. Let us see the gain. Yes, it will hurt at times as we complete the Christian race. There will be many times when we're puffing, sweating, plodding onward to try and complete what feels like a terrible marathon. But today, let's uh, keep going, keep going through our lifetime. But let's also be thankful. Let's worship God for this great promised city, the gain at the end of the pain. So keep going, brothers and sisters. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, for running the race you were given. Thank you that we can always look to you for encouragement to keep going and to take the pain as we puff, sweat, and plod onward in the Christian race. Thank you for the promise of a place in your kingdom at the end of the race, a kingdom which is safe and secure, a kingdom which cannot be shaken. We thank you, Lord. We worship you today. Amen.